All right, you've tuned back in to the Clay Edwards Show, live here on 103.9 FM WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at A1 Gear and Auto. Man, you have an automotive repair issues or do you need some automotive repair? Check out A1 Gear and Auto right there on Highway 49 South in Florence, Mississippi. Whether you got a check engine light on, air ain't blowing cold, heat ain't working good, got a roaring sound in your in your rotors, your rear end, your front end, they can do it all, man. But what they specialize in, I mentioned your rear end and front end there, is your gears, your ring and pinion and your gears. They've been the leader in that area for the last 15, 16 years here in central Mississippi. I say it all the time. I know you guys get over there to some of our great friends. You buy a new Jeep or you buy a big Chevy Ford truck, Dodge truck, whatever. You jack it up, put the big wheels and tires on it. And you don't upgrade your wheel, your uh, your ring opinion. You can't get out of the way. You can't merge. Your gas mileage is terrible. Let A1 Gear and Auto take care of that for you. Get down there and get the right ring opinion in your vehicle. But just FYI, I learned the hard way when I was younger. If you put it in the back, you also got to put the same one in the front. Or your four-wheel drive won't work. I sold a lot of vehicles to you guys. I know how important your four-wheel drive is to you, allegedly. So... Would y'all believe that the number one excuse people tell me for buying a four-wheel drive, the number one excuse of a four-wheel over a two-wheel, is they're scared they'll get stuck in their yards. Man, get some better tires. Come on down, young son. Anyway, get over to A1 Gear and Auto right there on 49 South in Florence. Big white building, big red sign. They can do it all. My daughter's car has lived over there lately. Uh, Word of the wise, don't buy a used BMW. But that's another conversation for another day. All right. Oops, I turned my own volume down. On the phone here, I got Nick Bain, State Rep Nick Bain from up there in North Mississippi District 2. How you doing? Hey, Clay, can you hear me? Yeah, I can, I can. I keep, I don't know what I'm doing wrong over here. I keep turning my volume down for some reason. Anyway, but yeah, I got you loud and clear here. All right. How you doing this morning? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's uh, uh, an honor to be on with you, and I appreciate the uh, appreciate the invite and, and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. So I, I want to preface this by saying, and I said this in the last hour, Nick lives logistically or geographically further away than any other state rep possibly can from the capital city. Right at four hours away, right, Nick? That's, that's correct. Here's a stat for you, Clay, that, that'll really put it in perspective. I live closer to the uh, state of Illinois than I do to Jackson, Mississippi. That is wild. That is wild. And so I, I was looking, doing a little research on you last night. I, I, you went to law school down here at MC, is that correct? I did, yes, sir. Uh, graduated in 03. Uh, practice law down there for a couple of, a couple of years, and then moved back home. Yeah, so I was trying to figure out the, what, where your passion for the capital city came from, and I, you spent some time here past just being a, a state rep. So that, that, that does that says a lot about you. Um, so look, that's what I want to jump into. Well, real quick before we before we do that, I, I apologize. I, I want to say I want to commend you on something. I know you just you just uh, had a hard fault race up there, and uh, didn't didn't turn out the way you wanted. Looks like. The other guy got you by about, what, 26 votes, if my math is 20, correct? Yeah, 26 votes. 26, uh, that's right. You know, you could have fought that, probably had a good chance of getting that flipped and turned or whatever else, but you did the commendable thing, and you, you stepped back and said, hey, the other guy won. I wish him the best. I appreciate my time down here at the Capitol. That's right. We uh, and, and, you know, it's it's tough. Uh, you're right. I could have. Uh, there was a lot of issues that I could have brought up, but uh, the best thing is, for me and my family was to uh, just, I guess, take the high road and uh, look down to the future and see uh, see what we got going on. But 
yeah, you know, it was a hard-fought race, and, and unequivocally, you know, I voted in 2020 to, to change the state flag. Uh, it was controversial, obviously, as you can recall, and that mm-hmm. was really the, the reason that I had opponents, uh, and that was uh, ultimately what uh, cost me my seat. But let me say, I do not regret that, and we'll do it a thousand times out of a thousand. Hey, look, you know, and I told you when we first got into a text conversation, I knew that was kind of, I knew I'd heard the scuttlebutt that that was what was going on. I don't have my finger on the pulse of North Mississippi, but that's what I'd seen online. And hey, look, I get accused of being, I'm as far right, alt right as it gets, according to uh, the people out there in Radio Land and the, on the internet. And I too was for changing the flag. So it, it, I don't think that people who want to change the flag necessarily fit a certain uh, narrative or fit in a certain box. I thought it was time, and uh, my, a lot of my listeners get mad every time I talk about it, but that's just my personal opinion on the matter, having grown up in Jackson, Mississippi for 40-something years with a ton of black friends and knowing what that meant to them versus the other side. And I just It was time to change. We, 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 we were the last ones to hold on to it. We won that battle, however you want to look at it. It was time, to, time for a new chapter. That's right. No, no doubt about it, and, and not to mention all the – you know, you see it flying, the new one flying quite a bit uh, around, and people are proud of it. And, uh, you know, it, it has had an impact. I can tell you have stories with uh, businesses and industries that, that has impacted all over the state That now that we have changed it. So it was the right thing to do. And, look, you know, un- unquestionably it cost me my seat, but I, I will uh, forever be grateful uh, that in 30, 40 years when my grandkids look up at the flagpole, they, they know that, uh, I helped to put that up there, and, and we made our state better. So uh, I I can rest easy at night on that issue. Yeah, look, and at the end of the day, man, I, I've never owned a state of Mississippi flag, new or old. I, I, the only flag I care about is the stars and bars. That's, yeah. You know, and so the, the state, it's just a non, it's, it's, it's not an issue for me. It's not something that I, that I live and breathe about. I understand people are upset and passionate about it. I get that, too. I do, and I respect their opinion on it. But mine is just that the only one I care about is the one we're fighting for every day. That's the soul of America. I understand. And, uh, I, understand. You know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I, I see both issues and every issues. But, uh, you know, we are elected officials to to, uh, to help the state. So sure. I understand exactly both sides of the issue. And, look, I mean, what the old state flag represented to me was home. It represented Mississippi. Uh, but I understand that. You know, forty percent, forty-five percent of our people, it, it didn't represent that, and and it was beginning to become a uh, a hindrance to our state. Uh, but in any event, I, I feel that we did the right thing, and I know that we did. Good deal, good deal. All right, well, let's jump into this Jackson stuff, man. You have you were a huge part of HB ten twenty getting passed and uh, created. T- tell people what you, how, what your involvement with that was. Yeah, I am the chairman of Judiciary B, which is basically the crime committee for the House. Uh, and, and we did all the crime stuff. Now, you might recall, it might not, I don't know how much attention you paid back. About this time last year, we had a hearing on Jackson crime, a two-day hearing bringing in all the players around Jackson. Is uh, this the one that Chalkway chose to ignore? This is the one where I had to subpoena the mayor and uh, the police chief, uh, James is James Davis. If, that was yeah, he's no, he's retired since. But, okay. But, yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, that's I had, they, uh, they did not uh, – I had – committed uh, my, my office down there had got them committed to come even the day before they were all uh confirmed to be there and then we got a call late the, the day before of the hearing that neither one of them would be there and i said okay that's fine they can they have that right but i also have some rights and so at the hearing i, I told people that you know they did not choose to come uh and i made an announcement at that time that i would be issuing 
subpoenas. As chairman of a committee in the, in the legislature, I have subpoena power, and I'm subpoenaed both of them uh, to show up. Now, after I said that, about five minutes later, the police chief walked in and, and gave his testimony and, and, and did that stuff. The mayor never did. I later got a call that he was sick. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he was sick, but be that as it may, I still issued a subpoena. And, uh, and in my 12 years, I'll say this, in my 12 years as a legislator, it's the only time that I know of anybody in the legislature issuing a subpoena for somebody to show up to testify. And uh, why is that important? Well, usually people give us the deference that we need uh, or that we deserve to be, you know, the legislature to, sh- to, to come show up. And, and he, uh, I'm not saying he wasn't, but it certainly, I certainly got the uh, inclination that he was just thumbing his nose at us at uh, maybe, uh, you know, this guy four hours away coming in and asking him to testify. Well, you know, like you said, Jackson is special to me. I spent a large part of my adult life there. Uh, but I also, uh, it's also my capital city, uh, and, and as a chairman of a, a crime committee, it's important to uh, uh, to know what's going on and to tell us what his plan was, which ended up not being too much of a plan, uh, to be honest with you. But through that hearing, yes, we came out with a lot of information about what uh, Jackson, what we could do. Um, one of my chief lieutenants on Judge B is A. Jackson, a legislator by the name of Shonda Yates. Uh, Shonda uh, was really instrumental in forming 1020 and, and some of the other uh, Jackson legislation. There was another one. I can't remember the n- number, Clay. I think it was 1180, but it basically helped with the jurisdiction, Capitol Police jurisdiction, to, to, to expand their jurisdiction and give them some more with, with JPD. Yes. Um, so for those of you who don't know what 1020 did, it expanded the jurisdiction, allowed for some more municipal-type uh, judges, uh, the Supreme Court ruled last week that most of it was unconstitutional except for these appointed judges. The, the issue that uh, uh, I think was really the only one that they don't. So it looks like 1020 for the most part is going to go into effect. And, of course, um, you know, we expanded the jurisdiction. And that's one thing that came out of that hearing. Everybody wanted the CCID, the Capital Complex Improvement District, to be expanded. Uh, Shonda was uh, – very instrumental in, in getting those boundaries together. And I will tell you, other Jackson legislators were too. Uh, and I'll say this. We had people that worked at the Capitol that live in South Jackson, West Jackson, and they would come up to me. they say, hey, hey, Nick, give me some police. The JPD can't they're, – they're not willing to help or they're not able to help. They don't have the resources to help. Please get me some police. I'm tired of having gunshots every night. Uh, and having my kids, they, they can't go play outside. And this, this, this were Jackson residents. Hey, I said, well, we're working on that. Nick, Nick, my parents still live in South Jackson, and yeah. and that, that's I moved a couple years ago when it just became untenable after the after the just ice storm of twenty one with the water being out a week or two weeks, whatever a month, whatever it was. I had a porta potty in my garage, and that was just the my breaking point. But. My, that's why I still fight so much. My parents are still over there. I see the good in the Capitol Police. That's why when I saw what you were doing, I was like, I like this guy. We need more people like him. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, the, when I first moved to Jackson or, or first got elected, and we rented a house down there in Bellhaven, and this is one thing that, you know, I never experienced. Uh, we rented a house right there off of uh, St. Anne, and we had neighbors tell us, say, look, it's pretty. It's, it's okay around here, but at night, don't lock your vehicle. So just take everything out of your vehicle. Don't lock your vehicle. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And they said, well, they'll, they'll if your vehicle is locked, they'll they'll bust your windows out to get something out of it. Uh, and that's in Bellhaven. And 
so, you know, at that time we started really thinking about, you know, we we got an obligation here. And, and so, you know, we've done a lot from Jackson throughout my career in the legislature. We, we created this capital complex improvement district, which I think is really trying to uh, curb some of the, the crime around the capital uh, downtown and around that area. Um, well, I could I could tell you Jackson is has I mean this is a horrible reference point here, but just to show that it is working has twenty less homicides today than it did one year ago today at the same oh. point at the same point in time that's a big number and yeah, and, I, and I think the Capitol Police are a massive part of that oh no doubt about it and and they've been funded and and but here's the difference between I think and this is Nick Bain talking but I I think the difference is the state of Mississippi. The legislature invest in the Capitol Police. We believe in the Capitol Police. I think you have some tr- issues there in the in Jackson with the leadership uh, investing in police and giving them what they need to be successful. No, they, they they invest into social justice programs, violence interrupters, and stuff of that. They they're not fans of traditional policing. They wanted the money that y'all spent on the Capitol Police so they could invest into more of their pet projects. In by my opinion. Um, yeah. But I think their track record speaks for itself. You know that they didn't want to see the money go to. They, they wanted control of the money. That was their. That was their thing. Y'all did y'all same with the Capitol Police. And I, and again, I just look at the crime numbers that I have access to, and can say clearly it's working. I have a tons of friends that still live in Bellhaven. One of my I have a co-host here a couple of days a week, Sean Yurkaran, and you know he lives yeah. right there as a homeowner in Bellhaven. And he's thinking about voting Republican for the first time in his life for Tate Reeves just because he's concerned what Brandon Presley, not to drag you into an argument about this, but because he's concerned what, with what Brandon Presley may do with uh, the Capitol Police and DPS and stuff, you know, I mean, Sean uh, Tyndall and stuff. So this is a guy that lives down there that's so, a Democrat that lives down there that's so pleased with what's going on with the Capitol Police that he's thinking about voting for Republican governor for the first time in his life. Yeah. That, to me, that says a lot. It, it does. And, and Capitol Police, and, and again, Increasing their jurisdiction. I handled the bill, increasing their jurisdiction. It was a fight on the floor uh, uh, against various members. Oh, I remember. Um, I watched it. <laughs> and I, I handled that bill. Um, and one of the things I said right then was they kept asking questions. Why do you, from Corinth, Mississippi, want to? I said, well, it's my city. It's my capital city. I, I spent uh, as much time there working as I do up here. Um, but be that as it may, all of us. When people see Jackson, they see Mississippi. I mean, you talk about it. I think there was a 60 Minutes or 20, 20 or something show on 60 it. Minutes, yeah. Uh, you know, they see Jackson. They see that as Mississippi. Well, Jackson's our face, and all of us have a responsibility to take care of it. But I will say, look, you've got some great legislators. Chris Bell, he cares about it. He was he was instrumental in, uh, in helping um, um, me in the, in the crime hearing a couple – a year or so ago. But – I, I, I cannot stress enough how much Shonda Yates helped in creating that district, expanding the district, and giving us the ideas about what the people of Jackson, who live there and have to deal with the deal with it every day, uh, I cannot stress enough about how much she helped with that. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I know my rep, uh, Fred Shanks. You know, I know he he's been one hundred percent supportive of it. So I like to give credit where credit's due. And we just need more folks like that. You know, I was a little disappointed in some of the Jackson legislators for not getting 100% behind it. You know, they could talk about the judge, the appointed judges and all that stuff. But it just felt like there was a fight for no reason. It's like, man, this is only going to make everybody's lives better. What are we fighting about here? It's it's unconstitutional. I'm like, man, extreme times call for extreme measures has been my 
has been my thought process through this whole thing. Jackson, when it when it's the murder capital of the world two years in a row, bro, that's extreme times call for extreme measures. I agree, and I will say that some of the legislators in Jackson were were like, look, uh, here's the here's the district. Can you can you just draw this little area right here in it? Uh, and then on the flip side, they would be completely against it into the uh, – they wanted some specific area, whether it's where their business, their home, or whatever it was. Their church to, in particular? To, to be in the district, and then they would certainly have a negative uh, public uh, persona about it. But look, that, that's that's bridge under that's water under the bridge at this point because the district has been expanded. I do think it will continue to expand, my personal opinion. I don't have anything to base that on. I just think that as you see it starting to work and Capitol Police doing what they do, I think people will be begging for it to expand in uh, other places. Absolutely. Hey, Nick, can you uh, can you stay on hold and do another segment with me? Absolutely. All right, let's take a break real quick. we got State Rep District 2, Nick Bain on here discussing uh, Jackson and whatnot. I've got some more questions for Nick concerning uh, gender-affirming care and some other bills that he worked on while he was down there. And uh, we'll be right back on The Clay Edwards Show with Nick Bain on WYAB 103.9. All right, welcome back in to The Clay Edwards Show here on 103.9 FM. WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by my good friends at Martin's Downtown. I'm just going to keep this quick, tell you what's for lunch today. And we're going to get back to State Rep Nick Bain. Down at Martin's Downtown today is fried or grilled pork chops for lunch. Hey, look, do I, do I need to say any more? Of course, the entire menu is available too. Try the ribeye, gyro, the country fried steak. It's hand battered, by the way, made from scratch, hand battered country fried steak. Come on down, young son. Hey, and don't forget, mark your calendars now. Going to be a big old party at Martin's downtown on October 7th. What is that next? Is that next Friday or Saturday? Either way, next weekend. Let's see here. October 7th is Saturday. It's a Saturday. So even better, even better. Storage 24, our good friends Fred, Matt, and the crew are going to be down there. Shout out to baby Fred. Stores 24 live. They'll be here in the studio with me that Thursday before doing an interview. But anyway, go ahead and mark your calendar to Stores 24 with special guests Love the Hate live at Martin's Downtown on Saturday, October 7th. Don't forget, Martin's every Friday night is ribeye steak night. You can order online, have your food delivered. Martin's Downtown, JXN.com. All right, Nick Bain, you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. And I'm not the most professional interviewer in the world. I just call everybody by their first names. I'm, I'm terrible with titles. So I hope Nick is okay. Nick is perfect. That's that's exactly what you need to be calling. All right, good stuff. The man of the people. I like it. I like it. All right, so you know, if you're just tuning in, we got uh, District Two State Rep Nick Bain uh, here on the <clears throat> on the phone with us this morning. Nick, we spent a lot of time that first segment talking about HB 1020 and Jackson crime and stuff. And one of the other things that I'm very entrenched in that's very important to me. As a father, as a parent, well, as a parent and a father, same thing. As a parent, as a citizen, just as a man that, that cares about the children, is this gender-affirming or child mutilation stuff. Which is, I, I hate calling it gender-affirming. It's child mutilation. You were a part of a bill to help make it illegal for doctors to perform the surgeries on minors, correct? That's right. I handled the bill. Uh I can't remember the number, but it, yes, it was called the REAP Act, which... Uh, it's 1125, I think, HB 1125. Which, uh, it was called the REAP Act, which basically said that if you're under the age of 18, that if a child is under the age of 18, they they could not re, uh, receive this gender transition care, uh, be a surgery, 
uh, hormone blockers, whatever the case may be. And, and look, it's common sense to me. I understand that there are issues out there. I see both sides of it. But for me, any we do a ton of stuff, Clay, that requires you to be 18 uh, and joining the military, uh, uh, you know, buying land, voting, whatever the case may be. Uh, we, we, we do that at, at, at 18. Why would we allow such a, such a dramatic, traumatic experience where you're changing something that potentially could be irreversible? Man, Nick, can I tell you, tell you something real quick on that? Um, a friend of mine's son tried to go to a, uh, a minor med type place the other day as a minor, and they, right. they would not even see him to, to get checked on for a cold without his mother with him or legal guardian, and he's right. 17. But we're supposed to sit here and say, I, you can't go to the doctor to get a checkup without a legal guardian under 18, but you can go lob your genitals off. Right. If you decide to, make it make sense. Now, I, I agree with you, and that's, what I, that's the argument. We had a six-hour floor debate on this. I stood up and, and presented this bill and, and took questions uh, for six hours on this, and, and it was really uh, questions about all kinds of things, And and but it was specifically if you're born a a gender, not. I realize there are there are people that are born with some uh, uh, irregularities, if you will. But the, born, uh, genital dysmorphia, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah, that, it, that does exist. I get it. But if you're born a male and you're declared a male at birth, you cannot have any of these surgeries until you're of the age of eighteen. A doctor cannot perform these surgeries under anybody. Uh, that's under the age of 18. To me, that's common sense. Uh, it doesn't prevent anybody from living however they choose to live. It doesn't prevent a uh, 15-year-old boy from living as a 15-year-old girl. It just says, look, it doesn't prevent you from getting counseling in that. It just prevents you from doing these physical alterations, which to me, uh, as you said, as a father, as somebody who uh, uh, cares about children and their well-being, uh, believes that this is the right thing to do. Uh, there's a, a significant amount of this class growing. When I was doing the research on this, there's a significant class growing of people that are retransitioning. In other words, they had the surgery performed on them when they were young, and now they realize that this was not what they needed to do. So and do you know, they, they, get, they, get, they get deplatformed on social media when they come out and they talk about this YouTube, TikTok, all these platforms ban them. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 you think Alex Jones got deplatformed? Try being a detransitioner, right? And, 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 ha- and having a voice. They won't. They don't. They won't allow it. It goes against the narrative, the agenda, the whole nine yards. It does, and and that's the thing that that, that kids and the suicide and the suicide rates for these people is 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 uh, over fifty percent. I believe is the number. Well, I'll take your word on that. I know it's I know it's high, and and any any of it's uh, too high. So, but. You know, I, I was honored to, to, to present that bill. I believe it will have effect. Uh, and, I, and, you know, they gave a list of every hospital in our state that was providing uh, taxpayer money, that was providing uh, care to children under the age of 18. My local hospital here in Corinth was providing, uh, actually taking taxpayer money and providing care to, to people under, under the age of 18. I don't think that's a Mississippi policy. I don't think Mississippi... The majority of Mississippians would want to see their taxpayer money go uh, to this type of uh, of, uh, of care. So I think that we did upheld 
policy in most Mississippians. Let me let me ask you a question. This is personal opinion here. You don't have to answer this if you don't want to. What what do you think is driving this agenda for gender affirming care? And why what is why is this suddenly such a big issue? And somebody told me I didn't think about this, but it's it's the money. It's what it costs. Like it's it's millions and millions of dollars per patient over a lifetime that these that these medical facilities can make money-wise from from the start of uh, hormone blockers to the surgeries to the aftercare medicines and aftercare uh, whatever you want to call it, man. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out yeah, what, no, what is driving this agenda. I think it's money. I think it's uh, uh, I, I think it's in vogue for whatever you want to say. But for the most part, I do think it's money. And I had I had that number when we presented the bill, but I don't anymore of, of how much uh, that. The industry, and I use the word industry, the industry of, of transitioning has, has risen from uh, just the last 25 years of, of how much that money has, has happened. So, yeah, I, I think the money is what drives it. Um, uh, no question about that. Yeah, I mean, and when you say in vogue, I think the word you're looking for, it's a social contagion. It is. It, and, you yeah. know, these platforms, I, I, I use all these social media platforms to, to, be, to be a bit of a social contagion myself, but for the other side of it. Uh, so I understand the power of these platforms, and I, I, there's, there's got to be some accountability somewhere with this. With somebody, we've got to wake up, and y'all did a great job, and I appreciate what y'all did down there for this. But at some point, we've got to wake up and say, man, this, we're going to look back and say, there, there's an evil cast over America right now to think that any of this is acceptable. And well, uh, it's going to be hell to pay point. for it. Yeah, at some point, I think common sense has just got to kick back in on a lot of things. Uh, not just this, but on, on a lot of things that we do. Crime, uh, the, the economics of, of the way that the, the, the economics in general, I think common sense has just got to kick back in. And I think we're, uh, I think people are getting to that point. Nick, look, let's take a break real quick. I want to come back. I want to, uh, if, if you got what time, a few more minutes, I want to get to, get to what's next for Nick Bain. And uh, sure. kind of close it out. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We've got State Rep District 2, Nick Bain, on the phone. We'll come back for one more segment with Nick and get ready to land the plane for the day right here on 103.9 FM, WYAB. All right, welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Let's go straight back to the phone line here to State Rep Nick Bain as we get ready to close out with him. Nick, I really appreciate you taking the time today to get up and uh, do this with us this morning. I've been really excited about this since we talked last week. And I was kind of biting at the, uh, chomping at the bit to, to get you on. Uh, I'd like to have done it last week, but I was out of town the last couple of days. So, do it again, appreciate you doing this with us this morning. Yeah, no, happy to do it. Um, and appreciate what you do for Jackson and, and for making people aware of, of things that they might not, of uh, issues they might not get up in other places. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, man, we talked a lot about some of the things you were a part of down there at the Capitol. Again, I, I, you don't have a bigger supporter than me when it comes to this gender affirming care stuff. The Jackson crime bills. Somebody has to do it. Sometimes you got to fall on a sword. I, I, I've watched these people call you a racist and everything else uh, while you were trying to do what was best for them since they didn't want to do it themselves. My words, not yours. Uh, so again, I just want to extend a big thank you from from myself to you, from my audience to you. Well, I appreciate that, and and uh, look forward to uh, to uh, continuing the conversation and and making Jackson really all that it can be. Well, tell us, man. Uh, so I, I guess. So fans are coming to an end for you down there at the Capitol for now. Anyway, what's next for uh, Nick Bain? Well, I don't know. You know, I'm going to practice a lot of law up in Corinth. I'm going to practice a lot of law up here. Uh, I do think that uh, I will not be uh, 
I, I think I'll still be around the Capitol somewhat uh, in, in the next couple of years, and and I hope Clay one day, maybe even Clay Edwards, will get to vote for me. So you know, you never know. Yeah, it's a little yeah. state, little statewide election. I like it. I like it. Well, Nick, brother, we appreciate you, man. You got anything you want to close out with? No, thank you for what you do. Uh, I appreciate you having me, and uh, just continue to continue the good fight. Okay. Hey, uh, my buddy Fred Shanks wanted me to pass a message to you. He said he's got your back. Whatever you do. Well, I appreciate it. Fred's the best dressed man at the Capitol. So. <laughs> we got. He, he came by my house the other day. I, I can't tie a tie. I publicly admit yeah. that I'm not a tie guy. <laughs> Fred came by and tied a tie for me, so I could go to an event Thursday night. So shout out to Fred. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, Rip Nick Bain. Thank you, right. brother. Thank you, sir. Uh, bye. All right, man. Look, I appreciate Nick taking the time there. And look, I get y'all's text messages about the flag. I get it. We ain't all going to be on the same page about everything. I've told y'all since day one. I don't want anybody listening to this show that agrees with everything I say. If you agree with everything I say, or anybody else for that matter, you're being a sheep. We should all have our different opinions on stuff. I know I am a crazy person, (laughs) and you do not want to agree with everything I say. It'll get you in trouble. So uh, we appreciate Nick coming on, and uh, like I said, man, what well, that guy, that guy fell on the sword for HB ten twenty. He got fell on the sword for gender affirming care. Y'all may have a difference with him on this flag, and I get it. I get it. There was a you know the way they did what they did with the flag. We we can have a whole argument about that on another day, and it could eat up two hours of the show. It could eat up a whole week arguing about how the flag thing was done, but it's done. So now we've. We've run off a good man from the Capitol over, over a flag that don't make no difference at all in your day-to-day lives. But what does make a difference is crime in Jackson and doctors lobbing off the genitals of minors. And those are things that he helped, he helped secure and make illegal. So say what you want, say what you will. Again, we ain't all going to agree about the flag. It is what it is. While Bill says, we still love you. I love y'all too. I say, we're going to agree on more than we disagree on. And one thing you're going to get from Clay Edwards is I'm always going to be honest. I'm always going to be honest. You gonna, I, I don't have the ability to sugarcoat stuff. I ain't built like that. I ain't built like that. I have a hard time sugarcoating it enough to say it on radio. So you're not going to get lies from me. You're going to know exactly how I feel about something. I hope you enjoyed this clip of today's Clay Edwards show. You can tune in live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM, WYAB in Central Mississippi. You can stream it worldwide and live at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, or Alexa. Just search WYAB. And, of course, you're listening now on a podcast, so you can just hit subscribe where you're at. We update daily right here on the Clay Edwards Show, and check out all things Clay Edwards at clayedwardsshow.com for shirts and more. Peace.